<laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the Lord is so good. He loves us. He loves us with a love that we can't even begin to imagine. But if you just think of what Jesus did to bore all of our sins in his body on that tree so that we could die to sin, die to disease, and so we could live to righteousness, how can we not love him? How can we not love him? So um, I just want to remind you next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And we have a special, special happening next Sunday. The TLC Kids Care <laughs> Kids <laughs> will be performing and they'll be doing signing led by Linda Skilton. How many songs are they going to do, Pastor? Two, two songs, Pastor Tracy. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Tracy, for all you do. Thank you for the anointing on your life. The TLC Kids Care is highly successful, and the children are learning the Word of God. I bet they know more than you do. I mean, Sarah, they can, they can quote Scripture from A to Z. <laughs> awesome. Well, we thank you, Lord, especially for bringing Pastor Tracy to TLC. Now... The other thing is, and I hate to tell you this, but Gino Maini fell. He broke his hip at his femur. He is going to be having surgery Monday. So what are you supposed to do, saints? Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> Spring, did you hear that? Now, that's the kind of response we always want, isn't it? <laughs> so good. Be praying. He uh, was in good spirits. I saw him yesterday, and he's... Uh, He's still joking around <laughs> in pain, but of course he was on morphine, you know. So anyway, <laughs> well, the Lord is good. And we have um, um, Brian Patnod, thank you again, will be teaching in Sunday Bible class next Sunday. But, to, yeah. <laughs> but today we had, um, Gina was supposed to teach, but Jim Duncan so lovingly filled in. And would you come up here? Pastor Louie, um, might as well do this right now, okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, ma'am. Jim Duncan and Jenny Duncan, where is Jenny in the back? They yeah. have done ministry in Belize how long? Mm, 23 years. <laughs> yes, we have a 350-acre ministry property. We have a manager that lives there with his family, and we were running a radio station. His 11-year-old daughter is basically our station manager, <laughs> um, and I'm going. I'll be down there for two weeks. Uh, we were, we got a group of uh, leaders from Guatemala, Honduras, and the U.S. that we're going to be meeting and discussing ways to expand the ministry, both on the ground and in the air. So I really appreciate your prayers. It's, it's, it's kind of a big deal. So, And especially, I appreciate your prayers for Jenny while she's here, and she doesn't have me to chase around. So, You might be blessed, Jenny, to have a break here. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, Pastor Louis, would yes, you? Yes, let's pray. Yeah. Uh, dear Father, we thank you for Jim and Jenny. We thank you for the seed that they've sown in Belize many, many years ago. And Father, as it continues to prosper, as it continues to grow, as it continues to spread out, Father, may he continue to spread the gospel, he and Jenny, throughout all of Belize, throughout all that needed, O oh God. And right now we decree and declare to him safety, safe passage, 
uh, doors to be opened and lives to be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. We bless him and his, and his path in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> going to miss your singing, brother. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And we thank you, Lord God, that you supply all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And today we are honored and full of love as we give our tithes and offerings. And while they're... Oh, Susan. Jane Hyatt. Now, we have... She's become family here hasn't she we prayed for her for so long her and barbara and the last news that you had with barbara it was in germany with some of the kids and some of the staff it's really been difficult for jane to be here and not be there with them but she's a powerful intercessor and she has even counseled with them over the phone and and uh, so she's doing her part here and uh, basically she and i discussed that if she was there she couldn't do what she's been doing by what is that whatsapp thing what is that whatsapp thing <laughs> whatsapp so uh jane would you come up here please and uh, give us an update well i certainly wasn't planning to be here i was supposed to be back in kiev a week ago but um It's just a miracle how God got uh, 17 of our kids, eight staff, two cats, and one puppy <laughs> out, out of Kiev and into Bielefeld, Germany, uh, which is way up in the northern Rhine section. You know, have you ever looked at a tapestry and, and, and just wondered how in the world the artist put all the threads in there to make a beautiful picture? or? painting, a landscape, sunset. How many have looked at tapestries? I love them. But have you ever looked at the backside? There's no rhyme or reason to the backside of a tapestry. And that's how God got everybody to Germany. There's just so many people that were involved. One person knew this person who knew that person who sent a message out on social media, who sent a message to this one who said, oh, and there they go. But it's just a miracle how they got out. Uh, they were in a bomb shelter for 10 days. <clears throat> so they were 10 days in a bomb shelter, no fresh air, no showers. Don't you know the train ride was a little pungent? Uh, and they ate MREs. We bought a lot of MREs before the war started. God really gave us a, lot, a plan for a contingency plan. Anybody here have eaten MREs? Oh, yep. Yep. <clears throat> but we, we had custom-made MREs. Get, I mean, who does that thing? But in Ukraine, they do. So they had that. God got them from the bomb shelter that was eventually closed because the bombing was too close to the ark, and the, the bomb shelter was directly across the street from the ark in the basement of a school. God got them from there to a safe place, and then from the safe place to a train station. Maybe you saw on the news there's thousands and thousands of people at the train station uh, but we have a secret tunnel at the train station in Kiev. They got special permission to go to this secret tunnel to go under 
and straight to the train and not have to wade through. Can you imagine taking 17 kids through a crowd of 50,000? And two cats and a puppy. They got on a train went, took them straight to the Polish border and went through all their paperwork, got on a bus. Well, no, they, they spent the night in Poland. They were 17 hours on the train because the train stopped a few times during the night because of uh, sirens. Got on a, spent the night, everybody got showers, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Uh, went to breakfast the next morning on a bus, a European bus, and some of you have been on one of those. Our kids got on there and one little boy said, hey, there's a toilet back here. <clears throat> it's a good thing because they had a 16-hour bus ride from the Polish border to Bielefeld, Germany. But they stopped at McDonald's two times and got Happy Meals, so everybody was happy. So they're, they're in Germany, <clears throat> doing pretty well. Uh, our, the Ark, uh, many have asked me, are your buildings still standing? All eight buildings are still standing, glory to God. Glory to God. There are a lot of broken windows. We, did have, we do have th two or three huge craters on the property where mortars hit our property. And of course the vibration from those things shatters the glass. Thankfully we have double pane glass, only the outside pane was broken. Uh, a lot of doors have been broken because the glass doors. <clears throat> so we have a lot of repairs to do, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 30,000 or so dollars, but thank God everything's still alive. Everything's still standing. Our budget while I'm here, to, I'm fundraising, traveling around. I'll turn this back over to Pastor Ramona and Louie. Uh, we're trying to raise $500,000, so appreciate your prayers for that. You're probably saying, what in the world are they going to do with $500,000? It's not, not going to be hard to spend, let me tell you. Fix our property, take care of the kids, and get them back to Kiev. But we have two people, ooh, this kills me, two people on our team whose homes are totally destroyed. <clears throat> Russian missiles hit their apartment buildings, and they're wiped out completely. So they've lost everything. So our, we're planning to help them <clears throat> get a new place and get what you need. I mean, all they had was the clothes on their back and an overnight bag. So, you, you know, but go to your house and look at everything and say, these people don't have any of this. So that's, that's our goal is to help. And several people on the team have damaged apartments. And so we're going to take care of our own because we're family. So pray for us, pray for me. I've been traveling around speaking all over the place. I'm here for a rest for a week because I'm tired. Um, but God's in charge and he's going to take care of it. And I believe he's going to raise the funds that, that are needed to take care of our team and our staff and our children. One phrase you have to remember to learn, though. I don't want to hear anybody say, when the war is over. Just forget that. What you start saying now is, when Ukraine wins, <clears throat> amen? Thank you, Jane. On the news this morning, it said that the Ukrainian military took back Kiev. And so, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I mean, they, they well, they didn't take it back. They just didn't let them in. They, so we're, we're real thankful for that. And um, Pastor Louie, I'm going to ask you to pray again. Yes. <laughs> Would you pray for Father, we, uh, we right now pray for, for Jane. We pray for the ark. We pray for the people of Ukraine that uh, the missiles would stop, Father, that you would empower each one there. And 
Father, as we see all that we have here, so many blessings may we not take for granted. We asked earlier, what can we do for Gino? We can pray. What can we do for Jim and Jenny Duncan? We can pray. What can we do for Jane Hyatt and the Ark? We can pray. We can collectively come together, and we can collectively lift them up in your name, O oh God, and we thank you for them, their boldness, their courage, their tenacity, their giving of themselves to go where others will not go, may not go, or too afraid to go. We thank you, and we bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, so next week, some, this is kind of like a little primer. So next week, there are going to be some TLC families that will be here. Some are churched and some are not. I'll tell you for a fact that the children are churched. They're churched here every day. So as the TLC families come in, a lot of people may not be comfortable in churches. Try to make them be comfortable. Make them feel invited. Make them feel welcome and welcome them in. If, if they sit in your seat, let them have it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't come put any reserved seating down while you're, while you're here. Yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So uh, the message today is the power to walk away from captivity. And the scripture is going to be uh, Numbers 33, 3, and 4. Now, we're going to get there in just a little bit. But uh, what I wanted to do with this scripture for you, Numbers 33, 3, and 4, the power to walk away from captivity, is uh, who doesn't want to walk away from captivity? Who doesn't want to get away from something that's got them jailed, that's got them captive, that's held them up? I think it's clear that we all want to get away from the things that tie us down, that bind us up, that get us caught. It's kind of like you're chewing a crack. It can be something as simple as that. I know you want to get away from it. And so I want to set this up for you. I want to just kind of set the stage for you because uh, when we get through with the message today, we're going to do communion. And uh, we usually do communion the first Sunday of the month. And this is the Easter sun, uh, season. It's the season of Lent, Palm Sunday, the Passover week, the Passion week, um, Jesus rising again. We're, we're marching forward for that. And so... I want you to know that what I'm going to be talking to you about today as we work toward our end communion today is I want to talk to you about the very first Passover. The Passover meal was performed and it was powerful. It was a meal that was done in Egypt when the people of Israel were in captivity. I mean, they have been in captivity 400 years. And, and Exodus 1 says this, Now there arose a king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Joseph and uh, those had been uh, in power. Joseph was the number two guy in Egypt. And uh, he had been sold as a slave by his brothers and had risen up in captivity. And he says this, the, the Pharaoh said this, look at the people and the children of Israel. They are more and mightier than we. That's a message. Come let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war. They also may join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out of the land. And therefore they set taskmasters over the people of Israel. And they set taskmasters so that the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. That's what happens when you're in captivity. It's hard. That's what happens when you're tied up, when you're bound up, when you're held up. It's hard. 
and they made them bitter with rigor and made their lives bitter with hard bondage and in mortar and in brick and all the manner of service in the field, all their service which they made them serve with rigor. And at the end of this, it's their time to go. It was the night before they were going to be released from captivity. During the night, during the Passover meal, where a lamb was brought into the house and it was slain, God said to Moses, do this. Bring the lamb in. Let it stay for three days. And at the end of that, slay it. And with a branch, get the blood and put it on the doorpost and the lintel. And what I will do is tonight, when the death angel passes over, it will kill all the firstborn in the land except those that have the blood on the doorposts and the lintel. Dear God, I thank you for your word today. I know that you give us the power to walk away from captivity. And we thank you, God, that you've given us that power through your son, Jesus Christ, just like you've given it to those in Egypt, your people, thousands of years ago. We take that today, and we claim it in Jesus' name. So in Exodus 12, here's what happened. As Moses was explaining this to the people of Israel before they got out of captivity, generation after generation had lived, born, and died in Egypt. And Moses said this, Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your family and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood in the basin and put some on the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. None of you shall go out the door of your house until morning. And when the Lord goes through the land and strikes down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the door frame and he'll pass over that doorway. He will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses or strike you. That was God's promise. And that was God's promise to Moses, and it's our promise today. You see, this was the promise and the obedience that the people of Israel had to do. They, they had to do it as it was prescribed or else, if they went out, they risked death. And the promise was true. Their obedience protected them, and it did not let the destroyer enter the houses or strike them down. But not so for the Egyptians. The firstborn of every family and every animal was stricken. It was overwhelming. And Pharaoh knew it was overwhelming. Exodus 12 says this, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take their flocks and herds, and have you have said, and go, and also bless me. You see, there were nine plagues that came before this last plague. And God had been demonstrating his power and demonstrating his power to Pharaoh. I want you to know that those in Russia, those in Belize, those in Port Orange, Florida, God is demonstrating his power against evil. God has overcome evil. And it says this in Exodus 12, 
The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise, they said, we'll all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold for clothing. I want you to know not only can you walk away from captivity, but you can prosper. Not only will you be released, but you'll be increased. Not only will you get out of where you are, he's got a better place for you than back here. Who doesn't want to get out of captivity? Do you? Yes. Hallelujah. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people, and they gave what they asked for, so they plundered the Egyptians. And here is how they left. The same way you can leave captivity. Our primary scripture today, and I want you just to dig into these two verses, is in Numbers 33, 3 and 4. The Israelites set out from Ramses on the 15th day of the month, the day after Passover. Now, you know Passover's coming. You know that the Passover meal was celebrated with Jesus and his disciples. The Israelites set out of Ramses on the 15th day of the first month, the day after Passover. And it says they marched out defiantly in full view of all the Egyptians who were burying their firstborn, whom the Lord had struck down among them, for the Lord had brought judgment on their gods. See, the Passover lamb, it was sacrificed. The blood protected them from the death angel. And it says they marched out defiantly in full view of their captors. Defiantly means this. They marched out, raised up. They marched out, exalted. They marched out, heads up. Defiantly means to be set on high. They didn't droop. They didn't drag. They didn't lumber. It says that they marched out in ranks. They marched out together. Everyone was with it. Defiantly means to be lifted up. Jesus said in John 12, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You see, you and I, we can walk away defiantly from the things that keep us captured. The price is paid. We can walk out in view of our captors. Maybe it's a group of friends. Maybe it's a group of neighbors. Maybe it's some social contacts. Maybe it's some work contacts. Maybe it's some habitual things that you do over and over and over. And you realize they've got you captive. You, you realize that what they're doing to you is really not lifting you up, but it's dragging you down. You can walk out in full view. You don't have to hide. You don't have to slip out in the middle of the night. You don't have to turn the lights off so you can ease out. You can march out. Legs high, head back, ready to go.
See, the promise of God to Moses, to the people of Egypt, is ours. It's ours today. No, we don't have to kill a lamb, and we don't put blood on our doorposts. God's already handled that. God's done it for us. I want you to fast forward. Think about the people of Israel marching out defiantly out of captivity. They're leaving where they've been for generations, and they're coming out. Fast forward to Passover. This time of the year right now, we're celebrating Passover this season. And I want to fast forward to Passover that Jesus was having with his disciples in the upper room. As he sat there, he had sent his disciples ahead, sent them to prepare the room to get the lamb, to prepare the table, to prepare an intimate meal with him. And he was having Passover in the upper room with his disciples. And everyone in the room knew what Passover represented represented freedom, total freedom. And they taught this year after year. They had this meal year after year. It represented the escape from Egypt, the defiant exit, and the benefits of being obedient. And the night of Passover, Jesus was teaching his disciples and us today the new sacrifice the new covenant. He was teaching them the first communion. Listen to, listen to Matthew 26. While they were eating, they were eating the Passover meal. I really want you to get this. They were eating a meal to celebrate their freedom from captivity, of them having to do something to get away, them having to follow the script and get it right before they could get out. While they were eating the Passover meal, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You see, that very night and into the next morning, Jesus would be betrayed by one that was sitting with him that night. He would be betrayed, and he would be led away. You see, he was already breaking out of the captivity of a physical body. He was already breaking away and getting away. It was a hard way. He would be crucified for the sins of all of us. You see, Passover belongs to us. With the slaying of the body of Jesus and his resurrection, we're free from captivity. We can walk away defiantly from those things that hold us back. The Lord says he remembers our sins no more. Do you want to walk away from anything that holds you back? Do you want to walk away from anything that hinders you? You want to be free of captivity? Whatever it may be in your life, maybe a way of thinking, 
a way of acting, maybe the wrong group, maybe a defeatist attitude, maybe you're mired in the thought that it's not me. See, just as those in Egypt were freed, they had to believe that they would be safe when they walked out. They had to have total faith in what God said to Moses and what Moses said to them. They had to be 100% convicted and convinced that once they stepped out, the death angel wouldn't strike them. Can you imagine the wailing, the crying, the sound of sorrow that night? There's sorrow no more. Just as they believed, as they stepped out, they had to have faith. We, we have to believe. We've got to believe that what was good for them is good for us. We've got to believe that the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made is ours, not just part of it, but all of it. The Bible says that God loved the world so much he gave his son <clears throat> that whoever believed in him would have life everlasting. Do you believe that Jesus died for your personal captivity? Yeah, I do. I do too. What we're going to do is we're going to have communion at Passover, the power to walk away from captivity. And we're going to have communion. And my hope is that as we have communion today, and as you think about the bread and the cup, as you're doing this act today, it is not going to save you. It is not going to change your life. But your belief and understanding what Jesus Christ did for us, if you believe that is real, your life can begin to change more and more and more. It can begin to strengthen more and more. You can begin to put those things that have held you back behind you, but you have to take the first step. The first step is a belief that Jesus Christ died for you. That's the first step. The next step is walking in that fullness of God. Dear Lord, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that as we celebrate today this holy sacrament, communion, that as we do this, Father, that we will be able to put our hands around what it is you have for us, your fullness to walk away from captivity, Father, your fullness of understanding what we need to do to defiantly turn away from what holds us back. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now we're going um, to pass out the elements. If you would, just hold them, please until uh, everyone's ready, and then we'll, we'll have a prayer, and we'll, thank you, and then we'll do them together.
was an amazing time, the Last Supper. A meal together with the Lord. A time with friends. The understanding of why they were there and what they were doing at Passover. Jesus had already triumphantly come into the city. But he was fixing to go to the garden. Bible says as we partake in communion that we should examine ourselves. And as we examine ourselves, I would ask that all of us would examine ourselves and our relationship with the Lord. We would examine ourselves and our belief of the power that Jesus has over sin and death. That he has over sickness, that he has over dictators, that he has over foreign powers that we would examine what the Lord has for us as we partake of his body and his blood in this ordinance. While they're eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, we thank you, Lord. He broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body. At the same time, when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he took the cup, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which was poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink. Yeah, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the power and the blood, and the body. We thank you for the risen Savior. We thank you for salvation. And as we go now, Father, may they be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.